Hi, I'm Melissa Meter, and this is the Synchrosoma Podcast. Remember to subscribe. Find me at Instagram at Synchrosoma. My email is synchrosoma at gmail.com and on the web, synchrosoma.com. Archetypes have a frequency, an energetic signature, or pattern of energy, which is what frequency is. It means intermittent pattern or repeating pattern. And when we are running, I call it running an archetype, or an archetype is running us, it's like we have a certain frequency of energy and you can feel this in your body. It might come off as a, a specific feeling to that archetype like anxiety or uh, power or grief, sort of sad feeling. And it also has a thinking pattern. An archetype will have a thinking pattern. There'll be a way that the archetype thinks that's different than you. Specific, uh, even words will be used by an archetype that are different than yours. Um, Different than your typical non-activated or possessed state. This is really good to get to start to notice. Um, One of the things that I do with clients sometimes is I'll say, um, who, who do you think's talking right now? And quickly, it's really amazing how just that question can quickly get somebody to sense that the voice that is being um, uh, channeled through their throat, through their body, isn't really their actual voice. It's the voice of an archetype. So again, back to this frequency or this repeated pattern And we might know if you're listening to my podcasts or reading my Instagram posts, or if you have any background in shadow or archetypes or depth studies, you know that archetypes are primordial patterns. And the word pattern is interesting because we don't really think of, we think of maybe, maybe something visual, you know, like, uh, an Escher drawing or something, MC. MC, MC Escher drawing, like, uh, you know, birds laid out in a grid, slowly transforming into another thing, frogs or something. But it's also energetic. These, these patterns are energetic. And what I have noticed about archetypal patterns or frequencies, this energetic signature that us, that an archetype has is that it's very magnetic. It's very attractive to situations, dynamics, and people, and and um, patterns in the world. So the archetypal frequency will draw to it a matching or dynamic situation that is set up for that frequency. This is why it's really good to start getting to know what the pattern or frequency is of an archetype. Now, if you don't have a background in archetypes, I'll just take a couple seconds to talk about archetypes in general. 
um, at this primordial pattern, we think of maybe one that's very common that people have thought about or heard about is the hero. So the hero, uh, sometimes the anti-hero, or what I sometimes call the wounded hero, somebody who's been on a heroic journey, maybe to the underworld, maybe is in dismemberment or has been dismembered and re-stitched back together through the trials and gaining the Siddhis magical powers or skills or boons from the underworld. So this hero can have a varying degrees of frequency or changing and transforming. That's why that MC Escher drawing idea is kind of helpful because it's like the bird slowly transforms into something else. And, and so even though there is this frequency and it is a repeated pattern, it's not fixed or stuck. And so that's also good to know. So, so the idea is that as a practitioner or shadow stalker or somebody who is doing shadow integration, somebody who is in a process and practice of self-study and on this, what I consider a yoga path, this is all yoga, this is self-study, this is practice, this is um, exercises, exercising, this is daily um, work that helps us to become conscious to these things that had been unconscious. That's essentially the definition of yoga is that we are harnessing and yoking our energy and getting conscious to it. If I become aware of the emotions and the thoughts and the patterns and the energetic sequence in my body associated with a specific archetype that I've become aware of, and you know, a little plug here for my, my course, Slay Your Dragons, that's S-L-E-I-G-H, not slay as in kill, but harness, ride, surf dragons, surf your dragons. Um, we gather our personal archetypes and we begin to come become aware of what archetypes have been working in our life. Um, so as we begin to recognize these primordial patterns or the frequency signature of archetypes, we're automatically moving into a bigger identity because we're the one noticing this pattern or this frequency. And when we notice it, okay, here's this emotional state. It's back. I'm feeling funky. Huh? What does this energy remind me of? What, when other times in my life have I, when did I first feel this feeling? What other times in my life have I felt this feeling? What does this feeling remind me of? If this, if this energy was going to talk about the world, what would it say? So it's like, instead of being just it, like totally possessed and we think we're, we're this archetype, we start to recognize the energy. So for example, an archetype might, might feel like a breaking heart and, oh, it's that feeling again, I'm feeling abandoned or betrayed or something. And so you start to, and those are two different things, but you'll start to really nuance out the energy in your body of this archetype. And what I've noticed, I've have a, I have an orthorexic archetype. Um, and it's just important to note right here that I don't say I have orthorexia or I had 
orthorexia or I'm an orthorexic. I say I have an orthorexic archetype. That's because I'm containing the archetype. The archetype isn't containing me or possessing me when I use language like that. That's the power of naming. And that's the power of being witness to something and containing it. Hi, quick interruption. My new course, Shadow Stalking 101, is designed to help students of shadow work transform their lives through somatic integration practices that evolve soul and unlock true purpose in life. There are three modules, the overworld, the underworld, and the worlds in between, and with over 20 practices and guided meditations, presentations and a host of writings and journal prompts and exercises and practices to take with you, you will develop the skills and the somatic awareness in order to become a shadow stalker. You'll find a link in the show notes to the course Shadow Stalking 101. Go get that now and be ready to completely transform and reimagine the world around you. And now back to the episode. But so when I begin to feel and recognize the specific energy of the orthorexic, I can I can stop the train f- the from leaving the station instead of the orthorexic running with some fear, some health related fear, or some fixing energy or emergency energy where I need to fix this health issue, um, I can notice that, oh, there's that feeling in my gut, like uh, a little bit of tightness, some fear. And the thoughts, the thoughts of the orthorexic are usually around restricting certain items like, oh, I shouldn't be eating dairy or something. I get headaches. I shouldn't have dairy. So she'll have a way of talking. Her voice is a certain way in my head. Um, she's restrictive. She starts to, um, not, not, there's not really like a a self berating or beating up. It's just like, we got to get after this. It's almost like a firefighter, you know, somebody who's like getting on the engine and here we go, start the alarms. So I've become very aware of the difference between her and me. And that is, that makes all the difference. Having the awareness of who's who, who's doing the talking, who's doing the talking in my head. What does she sound like? And then not to belittle her or to say, I need to get rid of her. No, because what we've discovered, and this is something, um, part of my work has been developing something I call the density spiral which talks about archetypes in clusters and an archetype will expand into more conscious, more fruition, more um, quest being met or density or a contraction, more unconscious states, more reactive, more possessive, more possessing. So when I am aware of her and I'm including her, I'm the one containing her and bringing some love to that fear or whatever's going on in me, then she gets to start to develop just like a child would develop into a grown up in a healthy way with 
you know, the eight developmental stages of Eric Erickson or, you know, self-actualize or individuate, an archetype will do the same sort of development. This archetype will start to have her purpose come to fruition. So the orthorexic is not a problem. She's not something I want to get rid of. I don't want to get over it. I want to include her and find out what she wants and what she's on to. So, you know, you might be able to just kind of riff on it a little bit in your own head, but you know, she wants the best for me. She wants me to be healthy. She wants me to be safe. Those are beautiful desires. That's not something I want to get rid of. Her methods have been a little mangled and maladjusted. So, and this is going to be true with any sort of eating disorder, right? That once it goes into the disordered, it's no longer organized. It goes into kind of fractaling into, uh, can be malignant, can go all the way into sort of a growing psychological, pretty damaging to life and regular development sort of style and, and, and pretty unhealthy. Now, The thing about people who have orthorexic archetypes is they tend to be very praised by the culture. Oh, look at how healthy you look. Oh, you're such a disciplined yogi or, you know, raw fooditarian or breatharian or something. So they don't tend to see their their, um, constant focus on food and controlling food as a problem or as an issue or something that isn't uh, maybe necessarily psychologically healthy. Whereas other, other archetypal eating disorder type, other archetypes with eating disorders tend to be easily seen as disordered, like anorexia, like an anorexic archetype or a bulimic archetype or an overeating archetype. Those, it's easier to see that those have have problems. So here's the thing about the orthorexic archetype. It can help you look and seem healthy physically, yet it can be very debilitating psychologically to be under that kind of pressure. So this is why we want to be the container. And in some ways we're detaching from our archetypes. We're at least detaching in terms of like a codependent state of enmeshment with our archetypes so that when we're containing them, we're actually nurturing them and they get to develop and individuate and self-actualize just like we do as a whole with all of our archetypes. Just this very brief recap of the idea here of archetypal frequency or archetypal pattern or primordial pattern or signature is that you are going to be able to hear it and feel it and hear it through the kinds of words it says or thinks and feel it in terms of energy in your body. Your somatic experience will be specific to an archetype. That is a very helpful thing to know that it isn't necessarily you that is feeling a certain way or thinking a certain way. And if it's, if it's unloving, if the talk is unloving at all, I promise you it isn't you. It's an archetype or it's the undervoice or it's some sort of energetic um, leftover from some other critic in your life.
And um, we, want to, we want to recognize that as not us. And that's what shadow integration is. Consciousness of what these energies are working in my body, integrating them somatically, and being the one who holds them. Thank you for listening to the Synchrosoma Podcast. I'm Melissa Meter, and you can find me here each week with another journey into the known, the unknown, and the worlds in between. If you'd like to get in touch and find out more about what I do, coaching and courses, contact me at synchrosoma at gmail.com, and you can find me on Instagram at synchrosoma. See you next time. Organically Grown on Podcast Farm.